Adding the liquid to the bottle, I have a little bit more to do. Um, and I'm somewhere between 180. Oh, I went over a little bit, but that's okay. This is me on a recent morning. I'm with the show's co-host, Aki. I was on day three of this five-day diet that mimics the effects of fasting. It sounds like you were filling up a water bottle. Yeah, I was mixing up this drink that's supposed to give you some of the nutrients your body needs, but without loading you up on a bunch of calories. So this is instead of having a real breakfast? Now you get to have breakfast too. Uh, They feed you these breakfast bars, and they're actually pretty tasty. They got nuts, honey, coconut, but yes, far fewer calories than you would expect. It's not going to kill me. Yeah, go for it. What does it smell like? No, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, 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 it smells like uh, cherry NyQuil, <laughs> which yeah. is not a bad thing. Over the last five months or so, I've tried all kinds of fasts, 36 hours, three day, five day fast that mimic the effects of a fast. Yeah, Tom, I've watched you with equal amounts, admiration, horror, and the concern of a Jewish parent. As has just about everyone else around me. So I've heard about this Silicon Valley obsession with fasting. Is it just about losing weight? For some people, it's about wanting to lose weight and be healthier. For other people, it's a productivity hack to work faster, to focus better. And what about you? What made you want to try it? I definitely wanted to see if I could get those benefits too. There was also a religious component to it. This fell during Lent when a lot of people fast. But as a tech journalist, I was just curious. Fasting has become this huge trend in tech circles, and I wanted to understand why. So I joined forces with our colleague Selena Wang to help with additional reporting. Hi, I'm Brad Stone. I'm Tom Giles. And I'm Selena Wang. And this week on Decrypted, we're taking a look at Silicon Valley's latest obsession, intermittent fasting. From young entrepreneurs to established executives, fasting has become a fixture in the tech community. And like a lot of other fads that catch on in Silicon Valley, all kinds of startups are emerging to make a business out of it. So today, you're going to be meeting some of these enthusiasts and businesses. And we'll be asking, are the supposed benefits real? Or is this underindulgence simply another form of overindulgence here in Silicon Valley? Stay with us. So people have been fasting since time immemorial, but the kind of fasting we're talking about today is pretty specific. That's right. And there are a lot of different iterations of it. Everything from skipping a few meals a few times a week to these water-only fasts that go on for days. Of course, before I started any of them, I went to see my doctor to talk about it. And what did your doctor say? My doctor had no reservations. His take, go for it. I started small. I did 20-hour fasts three days a week. You're essentially skipping breakfast and lunch and confining your eating window to about four hours in the afternoon, evening. It's known as the warrior fast for the good stress it puts on your body. Okay, and how did that go for you? Well, in the beginning, I'd get really hungry on my fasting days and I'd get a little testy in the afternoons. Let me read you a journal entry from about three weeks in. I am so damn hungry, counting the hours until I can start eating again. Someone a few rows over was eating an onion bagel. 
and I couldn't see it, but I could recognize the aroma instantly. <laughs> this sounds pretty dark. I didn't know that we were taunting you with our afternoon snacks. I also tried fasting for 36 hours at a time, but I really gravitated toward an approach that would let me have dinner with my family each night. But I also remember you going on some longer fasts, right? Yeah. One especially intense one was a three-day water only. Okay, that sounds very brutal. I recorded a voice diary for that one. I definitely feel hunger. It's clear to me that I was thinking about food as I slept last night because I remembered a dream where I was at a gathering and there were piles of bread and a mountain of garlic bread and then there were stacks of pizzas. My wife is out of pocket and so it's my turn to do dinner tonight. And I will definitely be tempted, but I'm confident I will resist. And I might even uh, go downstairs and have a little bit of a workout in our home gym. Right now, I am feeling very focused, very energetic. I had a very productive day. You know, you actually sound surprisingly upbeat. You know, I got used to it. Probably the hardest one I did was a five-day fast that you heard me try at the top of the show. Uh, the one where you were allowed a very limited number of calories. That's right. You get about 1,100 calories on the first day and then 800 on each of the four following days. You can't work out on this one. And by days four and five, I was feeling especially tired. I also just missed the variety of a normal diet. As I tried more of these fasts, Selena and I went to go meet someone who's had a lot of success with it. Hi. Hi there. Selena. This is Sumaya Kazi. Today she has this kind of cult status within the fasting community. Ever since she wrote this Medium post about her fasting lifestyle that went viral. Just a few years ago, Sumaya was running a startup, and she was pulling long days and nights, just like a lot of other entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. At a certain point, she really reached her breaking point. Seven years of building a company is probably the worst thing you can do for your health. It is so difficult on your body with the stress, the lack of sleep, the late nights, the eating bad. I had high blood pressure. I had issues with sleep apnea. I was pre-diabetic and I was obese. She tried exercising. She tried all kinds of diets. But the thing that finally worked for her was fasting. She's lost 50 pounds, 10.5% body fat and 40 inches around her body. And she's kept it up. I fast Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. I have coffee, I have water, I have sparkling water, I have tea. I go to bed. It's actually such a relief to not have to think about your next meal half the week. Over the years, she's seen a lot of other people take up fasting too. There's been such a cultural shift, at least in my own community, where more people are fasting than not. Throughout our reporting process, one of the big questions I've had is, why is this so appealing to people in Silicon Valley? We asked Sumaya. I feel like that's really appealing in the Silicon Valley and startup community because, again, you're working really, really long days and anything that can help you be feel more productive, more focused, um, reduce your decision-making that you need to do, um, and make you feel good is something that people kind of strive for in this community. So did Sumaya have any tips for you, Tom? 
I got to say, her story is pretty inspiring. And it's really no wonder that she's gotten her colleagues and friends and family to take up fasting. So from her, I, I adopted her three times a week approach, even though I'm nowhere near as hardcore. A lot of fasters also call themselves biohackers. They think of themselves as hacking their own biology. I visited an entrepreneur in his 30s here in the Bay Area who takes this a lot further than someone like Sumaya. He takes it to the very extreme. Taking all of these pills every morning and then those, what about those pills? Uh, I take them every morning as well, so I just uh, measure them out more carefully. Because this is Serge Faget. He's an intermittent faster too. He typically eats only one meal a day in the later afternoon. But he actually does a lot more than that. He fasts and takes about 40 pills a day to have what he says is better energy, mood, focus, confidence, sleep, willpower, and longevity. Okay. All right. That's more. One last round. Uh, One more handful. Yeah. Not sure. So some of the pill Serge takes are things you and I might take. Vitamins and supplements that are over the counter, like fish oil, garlic, and turmeric. But he takes it a step further with prescription meds and working with a team of medical experts, including Peter Atia, a well-known doctor in the space. So the stuff is, this is, um, these are basically thyroid hormones. This is modafinil, which is like um, intelligence enhancer that a lot of college students use. And so I take escitalopram, which is an antidepressant. Wow, this seems very serious. I'm glad he has a team of doctors looking over him. Yeah, I was definitely surprised to walk into his bathroom and see these prescription meds everywhere. But on top of that, he also tracks his blood work, hormones, sugar levels, and insulin resistance. Tom, you never went this far, right? Oh, no. Nowhere close. I had my blood tested a few times, and I tested other things from time to time, but nothing quite this quantified. Serge has an interesting philosophy. He runs this AI startup called Mirror AI, and he likens humans to robots. He says there's no reason why we can't just engineer ourselves to live longer and work better. I would just keep asking myself, okay, what else can we do that's safe, that my medical team will help me with, and that will give me more benefits in terms of just better cognitive ability, better ability to perform my tasks. So originally this started as an interest in longevity, but now it's more about enhancing my performance, enhancing my competitiveness relative to other people. You can really hear the engineer's mindset here. It's almost like Serge is testing new software or something. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, to most people, his regimen will sound nuts. But to Serge, it's a no-brainer. Silicon Valley is a competitive community full of very smart people. And when you're a smart person in a competitive group of smart people, you keep looking for advantages and you kind of arrive at this conclusion that you know your health is a competitive advantage tool. It's really stupid not to uh, focus on optimizing your health. It, it, it's just um, you instantly become uncompetitive compared with people who do this. Underlying all this enthusiasm about fasting is at least some science, like the work of Professor Walter Longo. Selena and I had the chance to visit his lab at the University of Southern California. We walked into this building with several large rooms filled with row after row of mice stacked in columns. We started in the hallway. So we are 
going to put on yes. some sort of uh, sheets. Yes. Yeah, protective gear. Protective gear. Is this to protect our bacteria from the the mice? Yes, right. It's the, to protect the mice from us. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah, we'll that's what it's about. It's not the other way around. Not the other way around. <laughs> We're not going to catch anything. From no, the mice have had. Walter's been researching calorie restriction and fasting for decades. There were about more than a thousand mice in his lab, and they were all on these various fast-mimicking diets. The moment we stepped inside, we were hit with this waft of a very pungent animal smell like when you walk into a pet store. It's all very counterintuitive, the idea that eating less can produce more energy and a longer life. So what did his research find? It's shown a number of things. First, that mice on fasting diets live longer and perform better at tasks. It's also shown that fasting in mice starves cancer cells and helps chemotherapy drugs more effectively kill cancer. And a very low-calorie diet can slow multiple sclerosis by killing off bad cells and generating new ones. Fasting exploiting the body's evolved ability to do its job, that's extremely powerful, more powerful than almost anything uh, that you can imagine in medicine alone. So for maximum anti-aging effects in cell regeneration, Walter advocates for longer but slightly less strict fasts. So he's created this company, it's called El Nutra, and it's commercialized this five-day diet that he recommends. The diet's called Prolon, comes in a box with five days of food, everything that you need for that period, soups, drink mixes, breakfast bars, even some desserts, but at a severely reduced calorie intake. So this is the delicious concoction we heard you mixing at the start of the show? That's right. And you're consuming so few calories that you supposedly get the benefits of fasting. Because Walter says it's not a good idea to eat absolutely nothing for five days. Uh, It's dangerous because it can cause... uh hypoglycemia, is dangerous because it can cause hypotension. For our non-doctor listeners, hypoglycemia is what happens when your blood sugar is too low. In extreme cases, it can result in confusion, seizures, a loss of consciousness. And then hypotension is overly low blood pressure, and it can be life-threatening. Walter's company is backed by millions of dollars in government and private funding. We should also note that it costs $250 for the five-day regimen. Uh, That's a little expensive because, you know, eating less is pretty inexpensive. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's all the food that you need for five days. There's also a consultation with a nutritionist in the mix. And more than 45,000 people have subjected themselves to this regimen. The company works with thousands of physicians that use the meal plan as a way to treat people with metabolic issues related to increased weight, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and insulin resistance. Walter says his science boils down to this. You're essentially tricking your body into going into starvation mode. That breaks down and regenerates the inside of cells, killing off and replacing aged ones. And of course, I, I use always the analogy of a wood-burning train, right? And so now imagine you're running out of fuel, you got to get to the next train station, and the engineer starts looking around the, the train for wood that it can burn. Of course, you wouldn't want to take the good one, the chairs that are the, or the walls that are in good shape, and take the, the bad one first, right? So take apart the chairs that are broken, etc. Use it for fuel. Now the train becomes lighter, and you eat yourself for fuel. So that's one way to make a business out of fasting, by making these kits that help people get the benefits of starvation without actually starving to death themselves. Another interesting business model is one that a startup called PlateJoy is doing. 
the company puts you on these personalized nutrition plans. Its CEO is Christina Bognet. We get paid by insurance companies when people lose weight. And so as a company, we had to do a lot of thinking around what was actually going to help people lose weight. And we know that most diets fail and that most people, it's very hard for most people to lose weight long term. Christina herself lost a lot of weight from fasting. And PlateJoy teaches its pre-diabetes customers how to fast. We suggest is that you try 16-hour fasts every day for two weeks. See how it goes, report back. We'll know how it's going because we're looking at the data as well. And what I love about it is that the results tend to be quick. This particular program rolled out at the end of February. So we're hearing from people who have said, I have not been able to get my weight to budge. I'm down seven pounds in two weeks. This is incredible. This is life-changing. One person said I could cry with gratitude. This is exactly what I needed. So that's interesting. One day your insurance provider could even pay you for all the weight you've lost. Yeah, you kind of get the appeal to an insurance provider given all the health problems that are associated with obesity. So I think I'm still pretty skeptical about this. Absolutely. I mean, there is still a lot of disagreement in the medical and scientific community over the benefits of fasting. For example, Walter Longo, the scientist, says daily fasts of more than 12 hours can lead to an increased risk in gallstone formation. Some physicians say there's just not enough data that shows the long-term effects of fasting methods in humans. They've tested it in things like yeast and mice. Right, and what works for mice might not necessarily be that great for humans. And another concern of some doctors is how could this potentially lead to another eating disorder or be a precursor to one? Okay, so lots of caveats and risks to this, even with some promising science. Tom, how did your experience turn out? Well, at the risk of sounding like a fanboy, I definitely reaped some positive benefits. First of all, I lost about 20 pounds over five months. Um, I definitely saw a reduction in my cholesterol levels. I was able to test for ketosis, which is basically that stage where your body is, is using its fat for energy instead of glycogen. Um, on days of fasting, I really did feel like I had higher mental clarity, higher productivity, and supposedly this results in stem cell regeneration, but that's a lot harder to measure. So, Selena, you tried Walter Longo's five-day fast. How did that go? So I'm sort of a cereal snacker, so it was very difficult for me. I almost broke the fast multiple times, but I stuck with it. Day three was definitely the worst. It was hard for me to focus because I was so hungry. Uh, interestingly, day five was the easiest for me. I wasn't that hungry. I felt light and sort of energetic, like I could go for days without eating. But on the sixth day, I happily ate. Well, I saw both of you guys doing it, and I just have to remark on how much discipline it required, and I was... I admired it quite a bit. But why do you guys think that intermittent fasting has captured the spirit of Silicon Valley? Why has this trend started here? Kevin Rose, for example, the entrepreneur who founded Dig, he talked about how it's part of this quantified self-movement where people just love to track all these, all these metrics about themselves. They have these elaborate spreadsheets. And it's really sort of this obsession with optimization and enhancing your own self-competitiveness. Yeah, that reminds me of Phil Libin. We've all read about his story where this guy lost 60 pounds over the course of several months through intermittent fasting. He's a total true believer. He says it makes him happier, more, more productive, mentally sharper. He talked about how if he's got an important meeting coming up, 
Um, he'll try to, you know, he'll try to fast for two or three days in the run up to it. But even he is able to look at this with some degree of skepticism. He also says it's kind of like appealing to the worst instincts of us in Silicon Valley, people who want to feel smug and superior to everyone else. Like we found this secret. We found this hack. It's also really a luxury, as you said, to be able to fast. It's ironically sort of for the elite's version of overindulging is not indulging at all. And when I spoke to Serge, he was very open about it. He said it cost him about $200,000 out of pocket to get all the prescription meds, see all of these specialist doctors. This isn't cheap. What is the risk that this trend pushes people to start behaving or eating unhealthily? Well, I spoke to the director of the Eating Disorders National Program, and she said that any type of diet can lead to eating disorders, especially one like fasting, where you sort of get into this reward cycle where you feel like you really accomplished something by not eating. You see the weight loss. So there's definitely a risk there. This is this is why I think it's really important. And everyone, again, we talked to said this is you got to do it in consultation with your doctor with a medical expert. Admittedly, we're people who have the advantage of, you know, great health care and access to physicians. Not everyone does, but certainly anybody who's going to embark on something like this needs to be in contact with a physician. And bottom line, this is difficult, expensive, and non-intuitive. So right now it's makes sense that it's really concentrated in Silicon Valley where there's a sort of engineering mindset. So, Tom, fasting is this phenomenon here in Silicon Valley, Uh, considering, though, that it is expensive, uh, considering that you need medical oversight, uh, considering that eating three meals a day and snacking is something of its own religion elsewhere in the country. Can this spread outside of tech? Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of reasons why this appeals here, and it's very convenient and something of a luxury for people who live in cities like San Francisco, New York City, plus... There's a huge economic incentive for the food industry to get us to buy into this idea that we have to have breakfast, we have to have snacks, we have to have three plus meals a day. So there's a lot of reasons why uh, it's, it's unlikely to spread. Having said that, there is a, there are a lot of people, there's a growing number of people who are spreading this religion of, I just feel better. And this is more effective than anything I've tried. We've talked to so many people who say they did everything. They tried every dieting fad, you name it. Um, And this is the only thing that worked for them. So if you look at across this country and there is an obesity epidemic, if people can find something that's going to let them in a healthy way lose weight and feel better, I think that resonates. And that's it for this week's episode of Decrypted. Thanks for listening. What'd you think of today's show? Email us at decrypted at bloomberg.net or reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at at T.S. Giles. And I'm at Selena underscore Y underscore way. And I'm at Brad Stone. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. This episode was produced by Aki Ito, Pia Gadkari, Liz Smith, Magnus Henriksen, and Topher Forges. A special thanks to Daniel Gross from Y Combinator, Jeffrey Wu of Human, and Peter Atia. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week.